But today we're going to deviate just a little bit with what I believe that the Lord wants me to share some practical reminders about the guide inside, the guide inside. So uh, with that, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles uh, to the book of Nehemiah chapter 9, Nehemiah chapter 9. And we're going to read one verse of scripture here, and then I'm going to give you several from the Old Testament about the guide inside. In the Old Testament, there was the leading and guiding of the Lord to his children by the prophet, the priest, and the king. And how the children of Israel were led was, as we're about ready to read in verse 12 of Nehemiah 9, moreover, thou ledest them, talking about the children of Israel, as they were passing through the wilderness, in the day by a cloudy pillar, and in the night by a pillar of fire, to give them light in the way wherein they should go. And then in Psalm 78, 14, it says, In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. So what we see here is that God endeavors to guide his people, and he did there. But this transcends the Old Testament to the New Testament, and God wants to help us in this particular area, especially now. He's always wanted to do this, but especially now in the times that we're living in, we need to know that we have a guide inside, amen, and that the Lord wants to help us to navigate through this life safely, have his provision every step of the way, and be blessed with heaven's rain everywhere we go. And uh, our light should depict the very glory of God and him being in our lives. And we need to realize that the world sees how Christians behave and how they live. And if we're running around like scaredy cats, wondering which is the next shoe to drop, so to speak, in our life, then we're not going to depict a risen Savior that's all-powerful, that redeemed us from the hand of the enemy, and that gave us dominion back and the use of his mighty name, the name of Jesus. So I want to look today at this guide inside. Again, in the Old Testament, God guided his people, and he also does that, and it carries over into the New Testament. Now, be that as it may, in what we said in the Old Testament, the prophet, the priest, the king were all anointed by God to stand in their respective offices, and the people themselves received guidance through them. People were not personally guided by God. Everyone did not have the Spirit of God inside of them or upon their life as we do now in the New Testament. So I want to give you a couple of other scriptures here before we go over to the New Testament. It says in Psalm 32, 8, and you can jot these down, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. I will guide thee with mine eye. And then again in uh, Psalms 48, 14, it says, For this God is our God forever and ever. And what will he do forever and ever? The Bible goes on to say there, He will be our guide even unto death. Even unto death. All right. So then another scripture, it says in Psalm seventy-three twenty-four, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. Afterward, receive me to glory. 
So what that tells us is God will enlighten us. He will guide us. He will direct us. He will endeavor to speak to us as children of his. Mm -hmm. Now, how he does that particularly is new in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, uh, one other scripture here before I get to what I was about to say. Isaiah 58, 11 says, And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. Now, that's not making us fat that way, but fat in thy bones is speaking of well-nourished, well-supplied. And the marrow of the bones is where our red blood cells, the very life, for our life is manufactured there in the physical. So, and that has such great implications, making fat thy bones. Well, he's talking inside out, and thou shalt be like a watered garden and a spring of water whose waters fail not. In other words, they don't end. So, in other words, as the scripture says there, God is going to guide us continually. He's going to endeavor to do that. But now how in the New Testament does that take place? That's what we want to look at today. In the Old Testament, many of you are familiar with the story about Gideon. Gideon was the one who, when the Midianites come against them, he put out a fleece of wool. And uh, he endeavored to have God maneuver in the natural world to give him a leading or directive from God as far as what God's will is. And we don't do that in the New Testament, or at least we shouldn't do that because we're liable to get fleeced. We don't look to the external or to the natural to find our guidance. God leads us by the greater one who's on the inside of us. That's right. Now, look at John sixteen thirteen, or at least jot it down. Jesus said here, he said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. Now, this is a very significant portion of Scripture here in that the Spirit of truth does what? Guides you. But what does the Spirit of truth do? He guides you or endeavors to guide us into all truth. Now, remember, God is a spirit. And as Jesus said in John chapter 4, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, God is a spirit, so it makes perfect sense, naturally speaking, that, and spiritually also, obviously, that he's going to guide us by means and the way from the realm in which he lives. Now, we are, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul said there, I pray to God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Most of you are aware of this, but we're a spirit being. We have a soul. We live in a physical body. Our physical body is the earth suit, which sustains life here on earth, but we're indwelt by the real person we are, which is our spirit. Now, our soul, which is our reasoning faculty, comprised of our mind, our will, and our emotions, endeavors to feed us information and give that through our physical feelings, because feelings are the voice of our body. But God doesn't lead us by feelings. He doesn't lead us by fleeces. He doesn't lead us by exterior things. Mm -hmm. He's 
set it up to lead us and guide us by his spirit, all right? So as believers, we need to learn how to follow him. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The greater one lives inside of you because you're a born-again Christian, and you already have resident on the inside of you because of that fact, that inward ability to receive guidance from the unseen hand of God to help you to navigate in this natural world. It's very significant that we all learn this, and the earlier we learn it in life, the better off we are. We don't need to reinvent the wheel about these things. Many of us probably this day could testify to the fact that we didn't follow it, and when we didn't follow the leading of God, that's where we got into trouble. Some of you might remember back in the 70s, there was a commercial on TV, and uh, I'll call it to your remembrance now. How many of you remember E.F. Hutton, that commercial on E.F. Hutton, right, the, the brokerage firm? You you probably remember the slogan there, too, when Eve F. Hutton talks and they showed or speaks, there was people, at, and because they changed it up some, they'd show cattle, they'd show people, you know, not that cattle are people, but it said when E.F. Hutton talks speaks. or speaks, people listen. Everything come to us. There was a lot of racket, you know, but when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. And everything was at a quiet standstill. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Probably most of you remember that. But there, there's a there's a greater truth than E.F. Hutton. They were talking about it for financial investments. But the Lord is the one who knows all. The Lord is the one who knows the future better than we know the past. That's right. Because he is an ever-present help in time of need, which is all the time. But he knows the past, the present, and what will be in the future because he lives in a timeless eternity. We live in the finite realm of time. Mm -hmm. So it behooves us as Christians to learn how to be guided by him. And some of these things that we look at here today are things that you've known, but perhaps they've slipped somewhat because we see what's going on in the world and the panic that's going on and They're talking about new viruses. They're talking about this and shortages of this and that and the high prices and things. But the Lord will show us what to do. That's right. And I'm so glad that Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, how be it, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he's going to lead us and guide us into what? All truth. In other words, what is true from God's side and perspective as far as what we need to do individually to have the success the protection, the provision, the prosperity of God working in our life. Because I believe that we should be in the right place at the right time when we're being led by God. And that it's not just happenstance. It's not just circumstantial happenings in the natural. Oh, boy, uh, that seems like a coincidence. Well, there's no coincidences. There's supernatural intervention by Almighty God. And when you're yes, and when you're led by the Holy Ghost, it keeps you in the perfect will of God. Yes. It, and it draws you into the perfect will of God, but it keeps you because you're listening to his voice. He always right. knows where you know it's like strategic points. No different than if a if a plane is flying, it's not gonna be flying based on just sight. It's gonna 
it's going to have coordinates. Yeah. Those are coordinates, you know, longitude, I don't know all of it, altitude, longitude. Longitude, latitude. Yeah. You know, so you have these things working together to get you to your destination. And so we don't know all these points of coordinates that we need to be at. All we know is that we're believing God for the best. Sometimes you have an idea, but when we trust him and we're led by his spirit, that keeps us in the perfect will of God or draws us into the perfect will of God. Yes, it does. And that's that's so satisfying to live a life where you look back on and you can see and trace all the leadings of God. Now, again, we've all missed it. We've all fallen short, uh, made bad decisions. If we walked with God very long, we've all missed it. So there's, there's no, uh, there's no crime in admitting that. But as we move forward in these last days, it's so significant that we learn how to listen to him, how to enjoy his protection and his provision every step of the way, because all through our life, God wants to guide us, even as we read there in Isaiah 58, 11, he's going to guide us continually. We should have an expectancy that God is going to guide us. But now how does that translate? How does that work? I remember the story that uh, Dad Hagen told uh, from years ago about this man who was a very, very wealthy man back in the days of the Depression. And he told about how he went about conducting his business affairs because he know, he owned more than anyone else in, in that particular time. He owned, I think, practically almost the whole town uh, where he lived. But he said, people come to me with ideas for investment. And he said, to some of them, I always say, I need to pray about it. And he had a prayer closet and he would go there and start seeking God. Now, this dovetails right into what Acts 13, 2 talks about when there were certain prophets and teachers in the church at Antioch. There, they ministered to the Lord and fasted and the Holy Ghost said. In other words, they created an environment through which the Lord could speak to them and give them guidance and direction. Now, some things, they're very plain in the word of God, the written word of God. But it's more than just making confessions as we'll see here in a moment, and I'll give you a testimony, a fresh one at that, about that. You should make faith confessions, claim Psalm 91 for protection, but then also listen on the inside, because that is the voice of God. Specifically to me, we have general leadings that we can walk in and claim in the written word of God, but then it goes further because of the greater one on the inside of us, because we've been born again, to be able to look to him to make that tailor-made guidance for each and every one of our individual lives. That's right. So they ministered to the Lord and fast, and the Holy Ghost said something. So that creates an environment. We know from James, it says, draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to us. So that's part of the drawing nigh to God process, getting quiet before the Lord. Well, so this man would get asked to make an investment in something. And he would say, oh, I'm going to pray about it. And he said there were times when in the period of one to three days, he'd get his answer. But he'd go into it, and my head would be saying, do it. And my heart would be saying, don't do it at the end of getting quiet before the Lord. And other times his head would say, don't do it. 
and his spirit would say, do it. He'd know on the inside. Now, again, this is not an external feeling. We talk about feelings sometime. It's an internal understanding and an internal peace that we can enjoy. And this doesn't go just to the big things in life that we need to have insight on, although those are obviously big, but it also stretches to the very smallest, minute things. When we ask the Lord, he wants to be there and help us. But again, we need to know how he flows in this. Yeah. And just like we read here, you know, when we started out, when we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So when we're communing with the Lord, taking that time to be still and to be quiet before him, as you were saying earlier in the, in the earlier service, you were saying that, you know, if we have all this, if you have the radio on all the time or CD or you're playing an MP3 or you have your headphones in all the time and you're doing all the talking, if you're doing it, no different than a conversation, if we're in a conversation together, I do all the talking, he's doing all the listening, but. I'm not able to hear what he has to say because I'm doing all the talking, <laughs> right. and uh, you know, or vice versa, or with anybody else. And Psalm 46:10 says, "Be still and know that I am God." Well, be still. So you can say that reverse. We, or you can say it backwards. If we are not still before the Lord, do we know that He's God to us? Are we taking that time out to listen, like the EF had commercial? You know, they harked up and listened. When, oh, behold, you know, E.F. Hutton's talking. Behold, the Lord God himself is talking to me. But we've taken that time to be quiet and creating that atmosphere, like you were saying, through the different scriptures, too, having that atmosphere around us because he'll talk to us. If he yes. be lifted up, he'll draw him into himself. He inhabits the praises of his people. So we create that environment. But we also need to be still before the Lord and know that he is God. And he will be exalted among the heathen, the Bible says there in Psalm 46.10. And I will be exalted in the earth. Yes. So that's the way in way he can be exalted and also speak to us as being quiet before him. Being still, taking that time out in our busy schedule to be still before him. Exactly. And so this carries over into the New Testament, as we read there in John 16:13 and then over in Romans 8:14 it says for as many as are led by the spirit of god they're the sons of god for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god well there's different levels of communication that god will give us as we're endeavoring to listen to him right. uh, there's different levels of amplification if you will to which we need to sensitize ourselves to. Some of these are more pronounced than others, but yet God does want to lead you in the affairs of this life and help you. He wants to help me. But again, back to this man for just a moment, he never lost any money. He never made a bad business deal. Well, don't we wish we could all say that? Well, what did he rely upon? He had enough wisdom to know which is still for today, that if we get before God, he's going to help us to save money. He's going to help us to prosper. He's going to help us be protected mm -hmm. in everything. We'll know what to do, how yeah. to talk to people, uh, how to live our life and go about it. And this is not just something for Sundays or Tuesdays or once, uh, once in a while 
phenomenon. These are things that we can have in place looking to him as we endeavor to walk with God. I mean, as you were saying a minute ago about the radio being on, or, and there's nothing wrong with the radio or listening to music or things like that. But so many times what that tends to be is a big and major distraction to us mm-hmm. because we don't, we're, we're listening to all these peripheral things and we're not still enough as the scripture you just read there in Psalms, be still and know that I'm God getting quiet, go into our prayer closet, which may be a actual prayer closet or a place uh, swinging out on the swing in the back or going for a walk and praying in the spirit or driving your car. You know, sometimes people have a, a distance to drive to their work. That's a great time to be quiet, pray softly in the Holy Ghost, pray in tongues quietly and and fellowship with the Lord. That's a great opportunity. Sometimes people drive 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, and you can fellowship with the Lord rather than just listening to talk radio or something like that. I think one of the greatest blessings that has uh, has taken place with us is that, uh, and, and I'm not saying anybody else should do this. I'm not being legalistic, but it's been a great blessing to us, is we don't have cable. I mean, we can watch things through the Internet, but we don't have cable TV. Now, I'm not saying if you have it, you're wrong to do it. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes there's a tendency just to turn the TV on and have it on all day long or the radio on all day long or whatever the situation may be. But you never get quiet. And I know one thing to me is I'm when I'm quiet waiting on the Lord, Lord even music is a distraction to me. It, I don't want anything. I just want it quiet. And that's where you see a takeoff from there in the book of Psalms, be still and know that I'm gone. So again, don't feel, if you watch TV, you know, and it's not bad, obviously, Uh, you're not watching bad programs. Don't, I'm not saying you need to quit that or get, throw your TV away. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm just saying I hear God better when I don't have, when I, when I cut out all those distractions and things, I can hear a lot better. And I think you'll find out the same thing if you if, if you learn that. You don't have to get rid of your cable to do that. Just flick off the TV, okay? I mean, because that can really become a major distraction in our life. So it says there in Acts 13.2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. As they ministered to the Lord. There's a lot of, it's like if you do have your radio on and it's not tuned in clearly to the channel, it gets staticky. Now, I think we'd all agree to the fact that if we've ever listened to a radio station that was staticky, the first inclination we have is either get that thing dialed in, and if it won't dial in and it's bad reception, you turn that off, right? So you want to you wanna realize that. And see, a lot of times we can thwart the blessings of God because we don't, we're not patient enough. We're not quiet enough. And, and people say, well, I I can't hear God. Well, sure you can. There's nobody, no born-again Christian that should go around saying, I can't hear God, because he's always there. He wants to be our guide even unto the end. And as we read there, and and there's other places we could read too. So be encouraged about that. He's training our ear to listen. Yes, he gives us, uh, uh, he wakened us morning by morning, as it says in Isaiah, Mm -hmm. and gives us the tongue of the learned and ear to hear. And these things are true in the New Testament. 
So, but for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And when the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, who's here in the absence of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, when we have his comfort, his help at our disposal, we want to make sure that we tune in to the frequency he operates on and become aware and just like a knife that's used, it needs to be periodically sharpened. Mm -hmm. And we need to do this on a continuous basis. Keep honing that blade. Keep keep in an atmosphere ongoingly of being sensitive to how he speaks. All right? So when we look at this, how does God guide us today? How does he lead us? What does he do? Well, the scriptures tell us, as we just read, that he does want to guide us. So that's not the question of it. So if he does and he's available, how does that work? And again, the word guide means to lead or direct in a certain specific way, Mm -hmm. to lead or direct in a certain way, to conduct on a course or path, right? To instruct, to direct. So he's a director. The Holy Spirit's a director. Now, what's he going to lead you in? All the truth, mm-hmm. all the truth, the ways of truth, the ways of God's handiwork. So that's why that we can't look to fleeces and to external things. The Bible tells us in Second Corinthians chapter 4 that we don't look at the things that are seen. In other words, we don't gravitate to our feelings at one moment or the other because when we talk about feelings— then we're talking about things that can deceive us Mm -hmm. because feelings are not a reliable source to receive guidance and direction. That's right. All right. So as a believer, what we need to do in honing our ability to listen is realize how God leads us. So he doesn't lead us and guide us externally. He does it internally. Yeah, He doesn't do it by our our senses or feelings. This is head knowledge. But have we have you know where the training comes in? I've noticed even for myself, our reaction to situations, the reaction to something you hear, the reaction to something you see, the reaction yes. to something that you need to do. Do we react out of the natural, or are we reacting based on the word of God? And you know, just like okay, Lord, I'm not sure what to do here, but I'm trusting in you. I thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm waiting on you for this answer. Like you said, taking that time out to not just react out of our emotions or react naturally, but God wants us to be so in tune spiritually that we're reacting out of our, doesn't mean you have to pray about every little thing because those times God will just, you hear something, he'll say, do this. Or you or sense call, something. Or, or you sense something, call this person, or here's your answer, mm-hmm. go there. Or you're looking for something. Go there and go to that drawer. That's where it's at. I don't have to pray about it if he's given me the, the answer already. You need exactly. to But he wants us to be so in tune that way that we're flowing out of our spirit. That's the flow he wants us to flow out of. Yes. And, I, and it's Jesus, a wonderful flow. Yes, it is. And Jesus said in John chapter 7, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Okay. He spoke in John chapter 4 about that well of water springing up into everlasting life. Well, water is a type of the Holy Spirit, but that is supposed to be an ever-flowing river in our life that never runs dry. So there's there's guidance 
for everything that you have need of. But again, it goes back to being in tune on the frequency, spiritual frequency about how he does that. And once we learn that, that's one of the great secrets to the success, the blessings, the prosperity, to being in the right place at the right time and not just being happenstance or being lucky because there's no such thing as Christian luck. Sometimes people talk about luck as a believer and there's no such thing. I mean, if you were blessed, it was because of the hand of God. Amen. And we need to give him the glory for that. Amen. So how does this guide work? Well, he leads us uh, first and foremostly by that inward witness. Mm -hmm. And the Lord Jesus told Brother Hagin in one of the visions when he came to him, very significant, and it's in the book, I believe, in Visions, the uh, visitor at the hospital, when he talked about the Lord coming in his room and sitting down at his bedside and talking to him for an hour and a half. Well, he had an open vision, but Jesus told him that the primary way that his children are going to be guided is by the inward witness. And he said, if you'll learn to follow that inward witness, I'll make you rich. Now, again, let's tell the story about what rich means. It means abundant provision. It means to be abundantly provided for, to have a full supply. Doesn't mean everybody's going to be a billionaire or nowadays they talk about trillionaires. No, it just means we're going to have a full supply. So he's going to lead us and guide us into truth in our particular situation to know how to have the supply of God flowing in our life. And he wants that flow and supply to happen every day. That's right. Okay. But we have to access that by understanding how he does this. So it's that inward witness. Yes. It's that inward witness. Now look at Romans 8 and verse 16. And it, and that's, it doesn't mean that, and I know you've even uh, you've even experienced this, that some people might feel like God has spoken to them audibly, or they know that was an audible voice, <clears throat> and we're not denying that, and thank God for it. But predominantly, He's going to lead us by His Spirit in that inward witness. Yes, there, there's basically three different levels by that the Spirit of God will lead us in amplification. Excuse me, honey. And we should not seek for him to speak to us audibly or tell him how to do it or think that that is um, more of a spiritual way. Sometimes it's more of a spiritually, I don't want to say this wrong, but spiritually immature way, if you want to say it that way, that God has spoken to people if they're younger in the faith, they're younger in the things of God. Because they're trying to decipher. They're, maybe God's really trying to get their attention, and they don't know how to be in tune with their spirit. They haven't been taught how to be led by their spirit. I was born again for 21 years. I nobody, I never heard one lesson, one service, one message on how to be led by your spirit. Not well, one. Yeah, well, Thank God I do. I knew a few things, and I, w- I was led the right way. So <laughs> Well, and a lot of us, we think right to the scripture there that, Jesus said, the sheep knows my voice, yes. and a stranger's they won't follow. Well, what is a sheep? It, 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 in liken, He likens us as his children to sheep. Well, he said there, the sheep know my voice. He didn't say the lambs know my voice. Now, know this, that the sheep, the lambs follow sheep, sheep follow the shepherd. What is a sheep? A sheep is a mature lamb. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have to develop in these things spiritually and grow up in the things of God. And one of the things we should endeavor to grow in is how to be sensitive to know what to do, when to do it, because timing is very critical, not just in the what of God. We need to know the when. Yes. And sometimes that's where people get off track is they know the what, but then they try to go out and try to do it without the timing of the Lord involved when they need to wait further on him. And they get the river or the waters muddied up, so to speak. So it's better to be a little bit behind the Lord than in front of him trying to lead him. Okay. So in Romans 8, notice this. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay. For as many as are led, they're the sons of God. In other words, the sons of God should be led by the Spirit of God. They should be led. Well, this is a carryover from the Old Testament. Now, particularly in the context, it talks here about not being led of the flesh or living after the flesh. Now, this goes to another scripture. Actually, there's four of them in the Bible, one in the Old Testament and three in the New, where it talks about the just shall live by faith. Those who have been declared righteous should live by faith or through faith, it says in one of the verses. Well, what does that mean is if we're if we're justified and we live by faith, then the faith that we live by, faith is not looking at the natural. Faith is not looking at the external, because if we looked at things in the natural and went by that alone, there's many things that we would never do in obeying God because we would be gravitating towards the natural as a pivot point to lead us and guide us. That's right. Okay. So those who have been declared righteous, it says the just shall live by faith. It doesn't say the just shall live by feelings or the just shall live by emotions, Mm -hmm. but the just shall live by faith. So faith is a product of the spirit world, faith in God. Yes. That comes from God, trusting God. Confidence. Mm -hmm. It's confidence in God. But we're living by the guidance of the unseen world that will, when we follow that, affect a blessing in the natural world. Okay? Now here in Romans 8, when he's talking about living after the flesh and being led of the flesh, that's not how we want to be led. Because through the flesh, we gravitate towards feelings and hurts and different things. Mm -hmm. Be led by our past. Well, you never were successful at that before, so why would you do that now? Devil ever, right. devil ever said that to you about anything in your life? Probably. Well, don't try that. You know, you know, you saw other people fail. Well, if God tells you to do it and you got peace on the inside of you, which is one of the key products of the presence of the Holy Spirit involved, engaged with our human spirit, is following after peace. When peace exceeds the need, then proceed. Yeah. Peace is not something external just because everything is calm around us. Peace is that inside information that we have, an inward knowing by Almighty God, by His Spirit that is to lead us. And the Bible tells us in a myriad of places, Old Testament and New, about being led forth with peace or following after peace, right? Many of you are aware of that. So we follow after these things. So many times we'll have peace about doing something inside that in the natural, if you looked at it, you wouldn't you wouldn't ever take a step of faith. But 
again, it's that peace as you start taking steps towards doing something that you have that and it doesn't leave you. Okay. Now, if there's a hesitancy, you would, but let's read on here. It says, verse 15, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, because isn't the fear a motivator? You bet it is. Fear leads so many people today. They do things or don't do things based on what the government says. And And they find out a lot of bad stuff too. Yes. And the Bible tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, that doesn't mean that you forget about all external things that have to do with the natural. It means that when you have got God inside information in his word, or most specifically, tailor-made guidance by the spirit of God, then you follow that out. You follow and rest in that. Because again, in that, you'll have peace even when there's a lot of tumultuous things going on all around Amen. you. Amen? Amen. And that's good news. So it says, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So when we received the Holy Spirit by being born again. We didn't receive any type of bondages to fear. And fear is a bondage, my brother and sister. That's a bondage that the world is suffocated by, yeah. and even many Christians. Their life, God will tell them to do something. Oh, but you just don't know what may happen. Well, I sure do know as a believer, Bible believer, that if I'm led by God, I don't care what anybody else is doing or not doing. If I'm following God, that's all I need to know. Well, you have even if it doesn't make sense to family members or uh, coworkers (laughs) or neighbors or anything like that, you're led by him. And then that's going to be peace and everything you need to know to take that step of faith to obey God. And when you're led by the Holy Ghost, you have a guarantee that that's going to work out for you. Yes, you do. That is your guarantee. That's your earnest. That is your sealment of it's it's going to happen. Yes. Because of when we obey the voice of the Lord, he's the one that fulfills it. He's the one that brings things to pass. Yes. He's the one that ensures our victory. He's the one that ensures our success. And so when you're listening to his voice, he's not going to lead you astray. He's not going to lead you wrong. It talks about there in the book of Joshua. You know, we attend his words. We follow after him. He's going to make our way successful. He's going to wake up, make our way prosperous. And he's he's the one that guarantees our success when we listen to his voice. Because yes. we're obeying his voice. I didn't I never got in trouble one time as a Christian never. by following God. Otherwise, I got in trouble yeah. when I didn't listen to him and I missed out or stubbed my toe or did something like that. And then you go back and you have to repent and you have to get things under the blood and say, Lord, forgive me, which is, he's there. He's merciful. He wants to help us. He never leave us. He never lead us wrong. That's right. That's why the spirit of truth does what? He guides us into all All truth, which would be the right thing, the right way in the sight of God. Amen. And that's why sometimes, all the time, but that's why sometimes people are like, when we say the word mystified, like they're so, or maybe puzzled is a better word, that they're puzzled. Why would you do that now? Why would you, why would this happen? Uh, or what would lead you to do that? Well, something on the inside, working on the outside. Yeah. That's why faith has corresponding action. But and also, action. too, the spiritual things of the Lord are not naturally discerned. 
So people hear God with you, not for you. Some mm-hmm. people have spoken over my life, uh, you know, prophets and prophets, prophetesses of God spoken by the word of the Lord. Or people just used by God. Yeah, used by God. They don't have to be prophets. What, right. And spoken by, by the Lord into my life. And I wasn't even thinking about that, but it planted a seed where God brought co- confirmation. But if somebody's, you know, if somebody's, if God's spoken to you, who is a man or a woman to say, no, that's not going to happen in your life? You have to disregard that. You have to be spiritually discernful enough to say, well, thank you. But God's already said what he, you know, again, people hear God with us in that situation. They don't, they don't, if they counter what God's saying, you have to be really careful. You don't allow that to be, be taken away from you. Yeah. And creep in to your thinking. So we didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear because fear is the only fear that we should have operating in our life is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom. Amen. The fear of the Lord is what's supposed to lead us. In other words, we have an awesome, holy respect for the way that God has spoken to us through his word, first of all, Mm -hmm. and then by his spirit, which will never violate his written word, mind you, because the spirit and the word agree. So let's read on here. You haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy God, Father, Daddy, Father. That's the spirit we've received, the spirit of adoption, because we're in the family of God now. We know there's something on the inside that's changed, because why? We were born again. We have the nature of God on the inside of us because we've been created anew. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we're in the family of God. We've been received by the Lord. Now, is that supposed to end just there? No, of course not. It's supposed to then, with the indwelt spirit of the living God on the inside of us, he is going to communicate to our spirit the things that the Father God through the Lord Jesus, by revelation of the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost is going to glorify Jesus and pass on to us what the Father said to Jesus. So we're we're all in agreement, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They're all in agreement, and then we get into agreement with what they said, right? right? Because they all work together in unison. Mm -hmm. So when it says here that we are the children of God, we have that witness inside of us. As it says there in 1 John, we know we passed from death unto life because why? We love the brethren. In other words, there's a newfound love we have on the inside of us, and then we love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. That's right. We have a love for them. And remember this, true believers will always find other true believers. You you put true believers in a crowd of people, they're going to find each other. Sooner or later, they're going <laughs> to stick out like a sore thumb, and they're going to find each other, just like people of darkness find each other. They gravitate. They're like a magnet. Well, the Holy Spirit, we we, we think about it in the natural, like the magnetic field of of how a magnet has a force that either repels or draws. Well, the Spirit of God, Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except he be drawed. So people have a drawing of the spirit. Well, God, Jesus stands at the door, knocks, and he wants people to let them into his life. But so many times people put it off or 
like the Apostle Paul when he was yet Saul, uh, he he had uh, pricks, which were jabs, if you will, Holy Ghost jabs that were pricking him to say that you're persecuting the church of the living God. And Jesus told him this on the road to Damascus when he appeared to him. You're persecuting. Those pricks are my way by the Holy Ghost to prick you in your heart to get your attention that you shouldn't be persecuting my people. And Jesus, by the way, took it personally. So in that, we have the spirit, it says here, that cries out because we receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We're in the family of God. We have a witness of that. So we're a child of God. We know we've passed from death unto life. Why? Because we have a love for people. You might have hated people, didn't like people, disgusted with people before you got saved. But once you found the Lord Jesus and got born again, you start loving people. You start wanting to help people, right? Now, look at verse 16. It says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And here it is, like I quoted there from 1 John, we know we passed. We have a no-so experience, not a hope-so, not a maybe-so, but we know. I know when that happened to me. I went to church, but one day I got born again. And when I got born again, I wasn't worried about dying and uh, going to hell or anything like that because I had a no-so experience. So we, we can all and should have that experience. That fear was dispelled. Exactly. So it says here in verse 16, it says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Now, what spirits he talking about? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth, same one Jesus talked about in John 16, 13. The Holy Ghost bore witness or is to bear witness with our spirit. Now we're alive unto God. We're We've been made alive or quickened, as the scripture says, back in Romans 8, 11. So now God is going to lighten, enlighten us and guide us by our recreated human spirit. Well, we need to know that. And we need to know that he does that by way of the Holy Spirit, who now we have on the inside of us. He's going to bear witness. There is a co-witnessing of what God wants to do, bearing witness with our recreated human spirit. Mm-hmm. So in other words, he's going to bear witness to the fact. We're going to get a witness on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit about yay or nay. Now, what do we call that sometimes? We call that that good sense or that good feeling. And I don't like to use the word feeling, but I use it in a limited sense here. It's really an inward knowing inside of us, down here in our belly, down here, right here in the middle of us, mm-hmm. where our spirit is, that we get the sense of peace. We have a stillness. We have a, sometimes we call it a good velvety-like feeling, just a good, it just seems good. That's significant. That is the basic way Mm -hmm. in the majority of times being led by the Spirit that he's going to operate communicating to your spirit or that witnessing of just, yeah, I witnessed, 
Or in other words, the word witness means testifying that, yep, that's what I need to do. Our head may be saying something that's 180 degrees different from that, but that significant witness of knowing on the inside is what we need to do in training our spirit into knowing the frequency that the Holy Spirit's operating on, and he's bearing witness. He's bearing witness. Yes. He's the one we need to look to. Well, how is this going to happen? Now, this is the number one way that we're led, by being quiet, by praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, so that our mind, through that process of praying in the Spirit, grows quiet begins to quiet down. We can have a lot of peripheral noise going on around us, but we can't hear on the inside. But like this man, back to that illustration I was sharing earlier, that that man that was so prosperous, he'd take one to three days to get in his prayer closet to spend time with the Lord. And every day he'd wait on the Lord and the Lord, he would get a clarity inside of him. And the further you go, the more you're going to have this witness, the same witness on, as you get that witness, whatever it, you really get it on the inside of you, whether it's the first day, the second day, or the third day, if you go out yeah. further on, it's going to be the same every day because God is not going to change his mind, but it's going to go and get brighter and brighter. It's going to get more and more real. It's going to get more significant. And then as you follow that out, if it's God today, it's going to be God tomorrow. Sometimes people think that, you know, God changes his mind all the time. He doesn't change his mind. If it's God today, it's going to be God tomorrow and God the next day and God the next day. Now, we may take ourselves out of the running if we just cast that aside day after day, week after week, year after year, uh, you know, decade after decade. Yes, then things are going to get spiritually indistinct to us in that particular area. But as soon as we get back into the presence of God and get quiet, he you're going to hear that that same voice, that that voice of peace, that seeming it just seemed good on the inside. And this seemed right. Yeah, and doesn't mean there's may not be new direction for your life, but he's not going to tell you to do one thing and then, you know, a big huge I'm saying like a big huge move or a big huge job and then you have some resistance that comes against you. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, God give you a job today and then next and month, then six he, months later, he, you're like, OK, I'm changing my mind. You're going to move here. Are you going to do this different job? God's not the author of confusion, but a peace, but a peace. And when he leads you and guides you by his spirit and speaks to you and tells you things to come, tells you what to do, you follow after his voice. But the moment you have some resistance or you have some opposition, which you you'll have of your faith. The Bible says, think it not strange, right? And you have to go right. back to what did the Lord say to you? you have to, if, what did the Lord say to you? Did he tell you he, he gave you that job? For, remember, the children of Israel, when God promised them that land, he said there were giants in the land. But he says, don't worry. You know, I've they're going to be driven out little by driven. little. Yeah. And you and I'm going to cause you to overcome them. Right. So that it doesn't people think once you have some opposition to your faith or resistance, that's not the Lord. But it's no, the Lord changing his mind. No, but the no. Bible says they're bread for us. Yes. You do with bread, Eat especially it. hot, fresh bread from the oven. You, I put a little butter on there and I slap it on there and you want to you want to eat in one bite, you know, but. Obviously, it depends on how big the size of bread is. 
So they're bred for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. there's nothing like hot, fresh bread from the oven. You want to gulp it down. You just want to eat it in. You know, you take it all in. Right. So that's the way we need to view our giants. That's they right. Bread for us, or opposition for us. But once we have a little bit of opposition, don't start to question the Lord. Go back to what He said. That's right. That that will hold you steady and be an anchor to your soul. It's, got, it's about because you always go back to. I had peace about doing that. Now, I if had, the Lord didn't speak to you about doing something, then you have to kind of rework the whole clock. Right. You know? <laughs> but we're talking about when he's you speaking. have clear direction. The witness of the Holy Ghost, the yes. peace. Now, yes. if he tells you not to do something, it's like that proverbial picking up the telephone. You start to dial somebody's number, and it's like you get a check or a hesitancy on the inside. Like, hmm. Now, again, we're not talking about feelings. We're just talking about an inward, uh, I don't know if I should do that or not. I don't yeah. know. I don't uh Maybe it's not that you shouldn't do it. Maybe the timing is off of doing it. Okay. Now I'll share this in conclusion today. Yesterday we were coming back and, uh, we were, we stopped in this town south of here where we live, probably, I don't know, 15 miles. And it was about lunchtime, but we had to make another stop before we got home. And that we figured would be quite a lengthy stop in which it was, but. We just felt all of a sudden, pull over here and get something to eat here. We we had talked about maybe getting a bite, real quick bite. And so we come into this small town, and there was a subway there. We like, It was just like, oh, there it is. And we we're just like, yeah, that's where we need to stop. We just felt good. Yep, that's what we need to do. We felt like we needed to stop, but we just didn't know where. Well, we pulled in there. We pulled over, probably stopped. You went in and got a sandwich. We split it and just waiting there, ate it in the car before we drive. Sometimes I eat on the driving, you know, but I am careful when I drive, mind you. And uh, it was a good sandwich. And then we got on the road. Well, it wasn't five, ten miles down the road. There was a big time accident. A semi had going the opposite direction, hit two cars. The two cars were like a smashed. They were totally, yeah. they were just totally. He, he, was the, he, was I mean, the, he was still on the semi. The people weren't in the cars. We don't, I mean. I don't know whether people got killed or what. We don't know. But the cars were, they would have needed the jaws of life if there was anybody living in there to get them out. And I look back at that. Well, what what if that was us? And it just happened. It just happened 10 minutes before mm-hmm. or so. And I don't know what what it was. And we couldn't, it wasn't like we could stop and do anything like that. We just prayed for the people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like, wow. Yeah. It was something that could have been us. I don't know. But all I do know is, is that we just felt that we need to stop mm-hmm. and get something there. Yeah. And, you know, we're down. 10, 15 minutes, and uh, yeah, we just don't know. We're you just we're don't know. But I know Something one thing is avoided. we had peace about doing what we did. So take this today, and we'll get here uh, onto this here some further next time together, and then we'll get back to in the plan of redemption and prosperity, and we'll talk about these things where we left off last week.